0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Together Church's Online Campus Experience. I am so excited that you're here with us today. If this is your first time joining us, why don't you do us a favor and uh, send us a message and let us know where you are watching, listening to this service. Uh, also, you can message us. Let us know how we can pray with you. Let us know how we can celebrate with you and let us know how we can better connect with you. Um, If you would like to support what we are doing here at Together Church, you can go to mytogetherchurch.com. Go to the Give Portal, and you can give through that way. So I'm excited. We've been in the Book of Acts for literally months now. Uh, I just finished a series called This Jesus. And in the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, we see uh, six times the phrase, this Jesus being used, and we're kind of riding on the the back end of that sermon series as we start this uh, sermon today. And then prior to that, we talked about Pentecost and what Pentecost means for you and I. So uh, if you're looking for some really good sermons uh, with the book of Acts, and go to our last two series that we've done and check it out. I think it'll be a blessing for you. And while you're watching them and as you're watching today, uh, if this is encouraging to you, if this helps you out, why don't you share it with someone who needs to be encouraged? All right, so we are in the the book of Acts. And last week we talked about Stephen and uh, him being martyred, and what that looked like, and what was going on, and we're just kind of talking in and picking up this week from that, and uh, we're kind of exploring what happened at the end of his life, and what followed after that, and kind of a thought that I want you to have is, no life is without meaning, and we will all have a legacy when our lives are dedicated to God. I to say that again. No life is without meaning. And we all will have a legacy when our lives are dedicated to God. Uh, some of you who may have grew up in church, you could think back to some of the godly people that you watched. Uh, some of the godly people that you knew. Some of the old saints of the church who dedicated their life to the gospel. Some of them did it through service of church and how they served in their churches. You've seen some people how they've served God with sharing the gospel, or maybe it was a minister who passionately preached the word, but then lived it out in front of you. And they have legacy. The world may never know who they are, but for you, for your community, for the lives that they've impacted, they meant something and they had a legacy stephen's life and his death meant something and that's what we're going to talk about today now we're going to take a trip through some scriptures and uh we're going to build this cake and then we're going to eat it all right we're going to build this we're going to put everything together and then we're going to enjoy it together and enjoy God's word together. So we understand that Stephen was a servant. He, he wasn't an apostle. He wasn't, um, you know, a head of a church. Like he wasn't, even, he was just a servant. He was a deacon, basically. And he was doing amazing work for the kingdom of God. He didn't have a title. He didn't have a following. He was just a man who loved the Lord and loved God's people. And the council came to him, the Jewish council came to him, and they they tried to come against him, but the Bible says they couldn't withstand him because of his knowledge and because of the Spirit. And they were, it wasn't referring to his Spirit, his personality, who he was, but it's referring to the Spirit of God that was on his life. They couldn't withstand his wisdom or the Spirit that he spoke, so they... They they fashioned all these lies and accusations and and false witnesses came to lie about him and they accused him of many things and then ultimately they killed him. And I want you to go through uh, to, to last week's sermon after this and you'll get a little bit more details of what all that looked like and what what all happened there. But um, I want you to grab your Bibles, <clears throat> go to Acts chapter seven, Acts chapter seven verse fifty eight. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. All right, enters a new player. We see at this, this mob was coming against uh, Stephen and, and they took their garments and they placed them at the feet of a man named Saul. And I think that this is interesting because Stephen... A man of faith is making a stand for what he knows to be true. And this is where his life ends. And Saul's story begins. This is cool. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of this execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except for the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentations over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. We see that Saul was a uh, very passionate, driven leader of a movement That was persecuting the church. We see here in Acts, we see this movement of the Holy Spirit and his work. And we see this movement of the growth of the church. And when we see the growth of the church, what we see next is a movement of persecution trying to end what God is doing. All right. Saul hates The church, and he wants to end the movement, and and this whole time, he believes he is doing the work of God, while the church and the movement is believing they're doing the will of Jesus. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did for unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. This is really cool. Uh, That while the the church, while the people were being pushed away from their homes, they are on the run, they are fleeing for their lives. What are they doing? They're preaching the gospel. They're sharing the good news. They're sharing the love of Jesus. And and while they're doing this, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that Saul in this moment is the main person making all this happen. And uh, I think it's an interesting thought, but but in a sense, God was using Saul to spread the gospel. All right. Because listen, uh, sometimes what the enemy means for evil, God uses for good. I want you to have this thought that, that, that while things are happening around you, That in my discomfort, God has a plan. I want to say that again. In our discomfort, God has a plan. Write that down. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Put it where you can be reminded that in my discomfort, in my pains, in my trials, God has a plan. And God in this moment was using discomfort to grow the church. That while his people were being persecuted, while his people were fleeing, they were spreading the gospel and thousands of lives are being saved through their discomfort. All right, let's think back to COVID for a little bit. Church leaders, uh, you, you can relate with me on this, right? Uh, during COVID, we weren't allowed to meet in our houses, and I know, or we weren't allowed to meet in our churches. We had to stay home, and 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 every state was different. But 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 there was a season where the whole country was shut down. No one could meet in their churches anymore. So so our discomfort, right? We didn't like that. We like being together, but we wanted to be safe, right? We wanted to love our brothers and sisters by keeping them safe through this whole thing. And and, and it was our discomfort. But one thing that I noticed is that every church picked up on their media game, right? Churches who never wanted to be uh, on on social media, uh, churches who never wanted to have uh, live streaming services or anything like that, they changed and thousands upon thousands of churches now are on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube live streaming their services. In our discomfort, the gospel grew immensely. In our discomfort, nearly every church in America was flooding Facebook, flooding Instagram, flooding YouTube with the message of Christ. Yeah, it may have been our discomfort, but how many of thousands of lives stumbled upon our Facebooks and our YouTubes and our newfound social media to have their lives changed by what God spoke through you. In our discomfort, God had a plan. Now, in the scriptures that I've been reading, there's two things that kind of stuck out to me. It said that uh, they they fled for their lives, except for the except for the disciples. The disciples stayed while there was great persecution and great discomfort in Jerusalem. The disciples chose to stay to be an encouragement, to be a help to those that were in prison. Why is this this idea important? You go, Steve, Pastor Steve, listen. What? What does the disciples staying have anything to do with us? Okay, In our discomfort, God can use us in a place that we would rather leave. Yeah, I want to say it again. In our discomfort, God can use us in a place we would rather leave. A lot of us, when it starts to get a little uncomfortable, right? We want to leave. We want to get out of there. We don't want to be a part of it. When times get hard, we want to find our exit strategy. We want to find our way out. But our calling to stay in a difficult place during a difficult time is what someone else may need. Let's say it again. Our calling to stay in a difficult place during a difficult time is what someone else may need. Together, together, we stay in these difficult times and difficult places because of who we are together with. That where you're at may be difficult for you. Where you're at may be very uncomfortable, but God may need you to stay because the people around you need you to stay. That God wants to use you in your difficult place, in your difficult time to be an encouragement, to be a blessing, to be a help for the people that we are together with. Why? Because it's not always about me. It is not always about me. Listen, I might not be I might not be able to endure. You may not be able to endure. But together we will endure. Ecclesiastes four nineteen through 12 Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily, not quickly broken. In the time of discomfort, in this time where we're uncomfortable, we're in pain, we're we're stressed, who are you joined with? Who are you encouraging? Who are you helping to bear bear a burden when you're going through your difficult time? I want you to write this down. What you need in a difficult time is what we need to be doing during a difficult time. I want to say that again. Writing it down, right? What you need in a difficult time is what we need to be doing during a difficult time. All right, what does that mean? That means if I need love, if I'm in a place and I'm uncomfortable and I don't feel loved and I don't feel like anyone cares, what do I need to be doing? I need to be loving someone else. I need to be kind to someone else. I need to say that in myself, I just feel like someone needs to love me, that I go and I show love to someone else that I'm in an uncomfortable place and I feel like I'm just drained of all encouragement in my life. What do I need to do? I need to go and I start start encouraging someone else. I can find someone else that's in this with me and go, hey, listen, times are difficult, but we will make it. When I'm in a place and I feel like no one's helping me and no one's paying attention, what do I do? I go and I help someone else, right? I become the very thing That I need in my life. The disciples, they feared for their lives, but they chose to speak life and encouragement to those who were in prison. They were afraid. They were lonely even. So they went and they spoke hope and encouragement to people who needed it. People in their community, people that they are together with. So what else happened? The church spread. The book of Acts, three things happen. Number one, Jesus ascends. He ascends back into heaven. The Holy Spirit descended down on the day of Pentecost. And then after that, the church extended. The church used this opportunity, right? And I know that's difficult, Because we look and we don't look and we don't see our uncomfortable moments. We don't see our pains as opportunities, but that's exactly what it is. And the church used this opportunity to spread the gospel. They were running for their lives, but they used this discomfort to grow God's kingdom. Wow. Wow. What an incredible thought. That in my discomfort, I can grow God's kingdom. I want want to look at a couple of scriptures right quick. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we already read it, but it said, And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles, right? We just read that the disciples were in Jerusalem, spreading the gospel in Jerusalem. And then the church spread the gospel to Samaria, Judea, and beyond. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. Let's go back to the very first part of Acts here. And Jesus is speaking and he tells his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses... Where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God will give us his plan, but not always the path. Right? God will always give us a plan, but not always the path. That God will say, I'm going to send you to be my witnesses, and I'll empower you to be my witnesses to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But he didn't say how. He didn't say that it was going to be full of discomfort and prison and death and God had a plan. God had a plan, and there was a path for it. And and, and listen, it's okay if you don't know the path. I know that's difficult because we want to be in full control of everything. We know exactly what God should be doing in our lives, and that's exactly why our prayers are usually, God, I need this. I need you to do this at this time, at this location, in this moment, and stay. At a, instead of praying a true prayer of God, not my will, but thine be done. Right? Because we don't have to know the path. All we have to know is God. God, I know you have a plan. I don't know the path but I know you. And I do know, God, that you're going to work it out. You have a plan. You have a path. And that you have the power to fulfill all of it in my life. In their discomfort, they grew God's church. And they trusted. First, they trusted each other. They knew that God had called them to be together. That They said, that, listen, we trust who we're fleeing with. We trust the apostles. We trust God's church. And they leaned into each other. Second, they trusted God. They knew that God had a plan and that he would be with them and that he would make a way for all of this to work. And listen, they didn't even fear for their lives. They didn't fear for their lives. They just trusted that God had a plan and they grew his church. They cared more about the movement than themselves. Where where's your care? Where's your passion? Look in your life and see. Where is your level of passion like these? Where what are the What are the things in your life, the people in your lives that you're willing to to risk your life to better? And that's the call of the gospel. It's not about me. It's about God. It's not about what I need. It's what his kingdom needs. It's not about what he could do for me, but what I could do for his kingdom, what I could do for my neighbor. And that's the mark of of being a true believer is that I care more about God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is about him and it's about the people around me. And I can lay my life down for him and for them. Mm. In my discomfort, God becomes the very thing that I need. I, want, I, I love this. God's provision is found in our discomfort. Everything I need I can find in God in the moments of my discomfort because in our discomfort we lean harder into the Lord when we are out of our com- or when we are out of our comfort zone we lean in harder to him because we trust him more because we're not trusting ourselves we're not trusting our own power and our own ability but in our discomfort we we open ourselves to say god i need you and i know that you have provision and i know you're going to work this out because i can't and i love the idea that the church wasn't so focused on their discomfort that they ignore to give the world what it needs. We can't get so tunnel visioned in our discomfort and in our pain that we lose sight of what matters, him and them. But our heart must always be set and focused on spreading the gospel, that no matter if I'm happy, sad, indifferent, i got to have my focus on spreading the gospel. And as a church, our heartbeat must be spreading the gospel. That what we learn, what what God speaks in our heart, in our prayer life, and, and especially in our moments, our experiences on Sunday morning, that we take these moments and we use them to spread the gospel in our community that we take what God speaks in our lives. We don't take it for granted. It's not just an experience on Sunday that helps us feel good and encouraged, but it fuels us to want to spread the gospel, to share the love of Jesus with people around us, that, that no matter if I'm in a high or I'm in a low, that my goal is spreading the gospel with people around me. And I need to be uncomfortable in church, why? Because it's not about me. And if it's not about me, who is it about? Right, that, that I come to church and it's not about the lighting being right and the music being right and the sermon being what I need to hear. Right, we have this idea that we're consumers when we go to church, that church is for me. But church, is, it needs to challenge us to be uncomfortable in our faith. Because in our uncomfortable moments, God can speak to us. And that's what we need. Why? So we could take what he tells us and use it to spread his gospel to people around us. In our discomfort, we realize that, that it's not about me. That our discomfort's not to end me, but it's to grow me. That in moments when I'm in pain and I'm struggling and I'm stressed and uh, and I got uh, uh, my anxieties going and I'm struggling with depression, like those are the moments where God can come and speak to our hearts and grow us to be better than we were before we got into that that moment. But in our discomfort, we have to understand that it's to grow His kingdom is to grow his kingdom. When we feel the need to complain about our uncomfortable and painful circumstances, we have to stop. And We have to ask if God is preparing us for a special task. That God, in, in these moments where uh, my life isn't going right, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know those moments where when something else happens, you just go, well, show us all that coming. If it ain't one thing, it's another. When it rains, it pours. Right? We get stuck in this mindset that that nothing is going right, nothing is going to go right, that 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 something else is going to happen. But instead of that, you take a moment. You say God, What are you preparing me for? God, in all of this pain and all of this stretching and everything that I'm going through, what are you preparing me for? And I can guarantee it's not your end. (laughs) He's not preparing you to be over with. He's not preparing your calling to be over with. He's not preparing you that that your marriage is over. He's not preparing you that, that, that things are going to be... He's preparing you... Because he has a plan and a purpose. And it may look really distant. It may be really hard to see. But God has a plan. And he's preparing you for something. And we can say, God, this is uncomfortable. What are you preparing me for? God's plan for using Saul to grow his church was much bigger than what we've already read about. And uh, I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about how Saul went from growing God's church to how Paul was growing God's church. And in Saul and Paul's uncomfortable moments, how God was preparing him to grow his church. So where is your discomfort right now? Where is the pain in your life? Where is the fear in your life right now? What is God preparing you to do? Who do you need to be ministering to right now? And how is God going to use this pain for his kingdom? In Romans eight twenty eight. Very familiar scripture, right? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, the path is difficult, but the plan is real. Your path that you're on right now with God is difficult. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's stressful. But God's plan is real. And he's fulfilling His plan for your life in these uncomfortable, difficult moments. And I don't want you to lose heart in what you're going through. What I want you to do is find someone and give them the exact same thing that you need. If you are feeling uncomfortable, can you go and give comfort to someone else? If you're feeling loveless right now, right? You feel like you just need love in your life. Can you go and love somebody? Maybe you feel uh maybe you feel lonely right now. Can you make yourself available for someone that you're you're in, in this journey with? Be the things that you need, and you will see God opening up doors in your life to help you find those things that you need. A lot of times the things that we need are right in front of us, but we're blind through our pain. And I just want to encourage you today that, 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 that the path can be difficult. What you are going through can be very difficult right now, but God has a plan. And God wants you to, to, to grow yourself, to allow him to grow you in these moments, but allow yourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit and grow in his kingdom and grow in the people around you and loving the people around you. So I want to pray with you. God, we love you and we thank you in this moment, God, that we can be uncomfortable together, God. That we could be in discomfort together. And God, I pray for my brothers, I pray for my sisters, Lord, that you strengthen their lives today, God. That God if they are in need of love, God, they show love to someone else. If they are needing comfort in their lives, they show and they 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 they, they show comfort to someone else, God. They help to comfort those who are weak, comfort those who are mourning, comfort those who are broken, God. And while they do that, they're sharing the love of Christ with them. They're being witnesses. They're spreading the gospel, God, because in our uncomfortable situations, God, we can grow your kingdom. We could still allow the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through your church. Why, God? Because it's not about me. It's about you, and it's about them. And God, I want to do everything, even in my brokenness, to love my neighbor and to love my God. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be uncomfortable because you're growing us and you're growing your kingdom. And that's what we serve you for, Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, what an encouraging sermon. Uh, in your uncomfortable moments, you can comfort people around you and you can grow God's kingdom. Listen, we want to thank you for being a part of this experience today here at Together Church. Send us a message. Let us know how we can better com- connect with you. Let us know how we can better minister to you. Let us know how we can uh, just do this journey with you because life is always better together.